Temptation is a word that can mean many things. And like many tricky words, it can mean just about whatever we want it to mean at any given time. Lent is superficially about resisting temptation. Whatever it is that we're giving up or taking on, we intend to do it to make it, to make it an act of resistance uh, to temptation. Resisting temptation to do something that we think is bad. I'm going to give an alternative to this, but before you think that I am overly virtuous or preachy about Lent, I gave up Instagram for Lent. So <laughs> such resistance against temptations like that, they're okay. They're allowed. And it's true that Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness without food, resisting turning stones into bread to satisfy his hunger. But the rest of what the devil tempts Jesus with is not superficial. The temptations Jesus resists are power, influence, superiority. Jesus had no reason to prove himself to anyone, especially not to Satan. Satan does not fear Jesus' power. That's why he's in the temptation business in the first place. Satan fears someone who does not exist in a structure that is based on power, who doesn't ascribe to what we think makes someone great. When I was discerning a call to ordained ministry, my diocesan discernment class required me to read the novel Silence by Shusaku Endo. Silence is the tale of a Portuguese priest who travels in secret to Japan during a time when Japan was closed to relations with foreign powers and Christianity was illegal. The priest, who was referred to as such for the entirety of the novel instead of by his name, seeks to evangelize Japanese peasants to the Christian faith, believing his ministry as an evangelist and pastor to the helpless is the fullest expression of his faith in God and the most selfless thing he could do. Unfortunately, when he is captured by Japanese authorities, he had to learn what it actually means to follow Christ, which almost always has absolutely nothing to do with status or even ability. At the end of the novel, the priest is brought before the authorities to apostatize, to renounce his faith in God by stepping on an icon of Jesus' face. This was the worst thing that could have happened to this priest. He was intent on being martyred, put to death, before he would renounce his faith in order to give glory to God. To him and to his colleagues back in Europe, there was nothing worse than renouncing their faith to save your own life. Like Christ, like the apostles, they were prepared to die for the gospel. But what the priest realized is that his position as a priest actually shielded him from most of the violence and torture that the authorities inflicted on members of his flock. Japanese peasants who suffered on his behalf. He was posed with a question. If he apostatized, they would be set free. If not, they would die. So what was the priest to do? Denounce his faith and betray everything he has ever known? 
or allow innocent people to die for a faith that he converted them to in the first place. The priest believes that this conundrum is met with indifferent silence from God, hence the title of the novel. But God is not silent in such intractable times. Christ appears to the priest at the moment of this decision and implores him, trample, trample. It is to be trampled on by men that I was born into this world. It was to share your pain that I carried my cross. Step on me, Jesus said. The priest realized that to die for his own personal glory was not at all what Christ wanted. Christ called the priest to debase himself, to be called a coward by his church, but in order to do what was right. And what this novel taught me was that to be a priest, or to be anything for that matter, for the glory of God almost never meant any glorification for myself. And it taught me that God was not silent to suffering. God suffered too, and God is not afraid of our own shortcomings. This priest mused, no doubt his fellow priests would condemn his act as sacrilege. But even if he was betraying them, he was not betraying his Lord. He loved him now in a different way than before. Everything that had taken place until now had been necessary to bring him to this love. Jesus rejected glory, self-importance, aggrandizement, being a show-off, having power. This helps us learn that often a time in the wilderness is necessary to understand how to truly know a God that is only ever concerned with mercy. I hope that our circumstances are less drastic than the priests in the novel. And I hope that, but I wonder what it is that we are tempted to do in the name of God. And I wonder if it is really what God wants. As we head into Lent, reflecting on temptation and what that might mean for each of us, I hope all of us can pray on this idea that the true temptations to be resisted are ones of status and power, being right. And that when we do face things that scare us, Christ appears to us and says, it's okay. It's okay. Temptation is not about shame or loneliness or self-denial just for the purpose of being self-denying. Temptation comes out when we consent to building our identities around systems and relationships that are not grounded in love and mercy. And even when we are lost in such complications, and we face impossible decisions where we don't know where God's calling us. I hope that we can picture Jesus' face before us, promising to be with us through our best and our worst decisions. When we wander in the wilderness, we can take heart in Jesus' example, knowing that selfish temptations don't actually have as much power over us as we might think. And the worst of us is not the only part that counts. Maybe Lent is a time for us to realize yet again that temptation and self-ambition is defeated in God alone. But it is entirely possible. Welcome to the wilderness, friends. 
Though we are led into temptation, we are delivered from evil, and Christ is with us in every step, every choice, every obstacle, no matter how impossible it might seem. Christ helps us see a world in which we surrender our own status and pursuit of glory to the unending grace in Jesus. Though the wilderness can be lonely, we are never truly alone. In the name of God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer.